Welcome back to Always Evolving with me, Coach Mike. I have different guests on who inspire me, who I in some ways look up to, uh, whether it be their skills or talent. Like last week I had LP on, uh, who's an incredible musician. And this week I have a comedian and host and a podcaster, and he's written a ton of books and was on, first guy introduced to him back when he was on Loveline. Uh, the amazing Adam Carolla is gonna be joining us today. And I'm gonna be asking questions that aren't really about the coaching world or the coaching space, more about the state of affairs, the woke culture, uh, how people are reacting, how he keeps his head on his shoulders. Uh, he always has interesting reactions. So let's see where this goes. I like you, Adam. Thanks, coach. I like you. <laughs> so, um, I, so I've been watching, listening to your podcast, which I love. Uh, I was just watching the video you just with Bill O'Reilly and Jay Shetty. And, um, what I love about you is, is I feel like I'm in kind of this bubble as a life coach, um, where I can't say everything that I think, and you pretty much say everything that you think. Yeah. And I was curious if you could riff on something because it's, it's been annoying me. And I, I was trying to get someone on the podcast to talk about it. And that is, do you remember growing up so many celebrities supporting political figures? No. When I grew up, there were a handful of what you would call sort of celebrity activist types. You know, you had sort of your Jane Fonda on one side, maybe your Charlton Heston on the other side. But the rest of the celebrities were pretty agnostic. You, you didn't really know where their allegiance were. Um, now everybody's opening their pie hole and yapping about everything. And it was funny. Um, Dave Rubin said to me, um, how do you know which celebrities are Republicans? And I said, the ones you don't hear anything from. So if there's a celebrity and you can kind of think about the celebrities where you go, yeah, I don't really hear Jay Leno ever chime in on anything po political or whatever. You picture the celebrity who doesn't really say anything. Now, I'm not talking about James Woods. I'm just talking about the ones that want to be gainfully employed in Hollywood. The ones that don't say anything are mostly Republicans. But does does anyone in the U.S. vote for someone based upon Katy Perry supporting them? Like, I, I'm just when I say that, I'm just it's confusing to me a little bit. Yeah, I think we it, it was a popular assumption. We've always kind of had that like it's like we have to give Magic Johnson his own late night television show. And it's like, why? Because he's Magic Johnson. Everyone loves Magic Johnson. It's like they're not going to love him 45 seconds into a shitty monologue. He's not going to be Magic Johnson, the great basketball player. He's going to be Magic Johnson, the crappy late night show host. And that's how people work. But the, the producers think everyone loves Magic Johnson. Give him a late night show. That's kind of everyone loves Katy Perry. Let her she'll move the needle when it comes to Prop 28. But it doesn't. And and the, and the, actually, the more now we're doing with celebrities, what we've kind of done with Scientology, which is like we used to kind of respect them and be scared of them. And now it's like, oh, shut up, douche. <laughs> yeah, like like 
I, I guess to that point, if it doesn't seem to work, why is it still happening? Because everyone loves celebrities and everyone feels like there must be some currency there. And also there's kind of a, a name recognition, you know? So if you go, who was at your party? And you go, uh, Bob Schmoltzman, you go, oh, or you go Brad Pitt and people go, oh, that doesn't mean you had a good party. It just means I know that name. Yeah. Well, my theory a little bit is I think they're not maybe the most relatable characters that to get behind a prop or get behind a cause. I've always wondered why, like, why not get like Joe down the street who everyone can relate to Joe? Why get just just because it's the shiny object, get the shiny object, I guess. Yeah, I mean, as long as people are going to be celebrities, people are going to want them to do things. They're going to want them to endorse watches and vodkas and senators. Yeah. <laughs> Senator. <laughs> That's so random. I just had to ask you that because the other day I was like watching clips and they come across my feed and I was just I like I saw Joe Biden with Louise Fonzi and they're playing Despacito on his thing. And I'm like, is that what people believe is that if you get a Latin singer to introduce a president that suddenly like that would be like telling me back in the day, let's get Betty White on stage and like white people are going to love her. Like, I just I don't get it. I'm confused. Well, it is kind of I always say kind of the the real white privilege is kind of knowing you're not really in a group and not not having any leaders in your group or having anyone sort of dictating, you know, how you should behave. The, the real white privilege is sort of the freedom of going, hey, that white guy over there, that guy's a douche. Like, I don't agree with him. I don't agree with him. I do. I just I, I don't. There's no spokesperson. There's no moral compass. It's just, uh, I'm just on my own. Yeah. So I, I always felt like that was the real freedom of, of white privilege. It's like people think, oh, it means people are going to do stuff for you. And it's not that. It's that I know no one is going to do anything for me. And any politician or any leader that claims they are, is going to sound insane. Like, hey, heterosexual white male, I'll get it done for you. No one would listen to that. And the good news is, is I don't have to. Hey, all you true crime fans. This is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morphe. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. Yeah, you, you've seemed to figure out how to absolutely navigate for so many years. I mean, you, there's been several cancellations of you, right, at different times. Probably. In, like, meaning people come at you. How do you – I look at it as, like, even it's bullying of sorts. When people are nasty to you, do you kind of look at, at it like they're strangers, so I don't care what strangers think of me? Or – does anything get under your skin? Uh, I don't I don't normally know what's going on out in the world in terms of strangers and their thoughts on me. Basically, I'm a little oblivious. 
I like building stuff yeah. and I like car stuff. So I end up sort of steeped in a lot of car stuff and building stuff and trying to work stuff out vis-a-vis uh, -vis building and cars. So I, I don't, I don't know as much as other people who spend a lot of time, you know, Googling their name and sitting on the computer and that kind of stuff. I'm much more tactile than that. I'm much more into mechanical stuff. I'm, I'm building a kind of elaborate staircase right now. And I was just looking at a picture of it sort of being mocked up uh, before I hopped on your pod. And I'm very excited about running over there and looking at it before I have to run to my next thing. So my head isn't really on what this person is saying, good or bad. It's, yeah. it's very mechanically based. But but like I watched you like four hours ago on Twitter, you tweeted, flew on Southwest recently after repeatedly begging everyone to wear masks, they gave out many packs of pretzels. They do everything in the name of safety. Do they think masks work or not? Is the salty, <laughs> which I love your tweets, by the way, is the Thanks. salt, is the salty snack of empty calories worth the risk or is the risk not as great as we think? And when I say you say what everyone's thinking, right? Like I have the same thought when I'm flying. I'm just wondering if you end up getting like if you when people tweet at you or they're not nice to you or don't agree with you, is it kind of just go one in in one ear and out the other? Uh, if it's true, if they're making a point, then I, I have to listen to it. If they're just doing that thing, you know, where they go, tell that to the 200,000 people that died of COVID, I go, okay, hero, uh, shut up. But if there's something that's true, something I said that's inaccurate or some issue as to why, uh, again, you fly flight they tell everyone, pull your mask up, pull your mask up, pull your mask up. And then 10 minutes later, they hand you pretzels and go, take your mask off and eat your pretzels. So, and put your fingers in your mouth. So that seems yeah. to be a very mixed message to me. Yeah, the other, the other is I can, like I can fly to Brazil. My friend was gonna visit me from Brazil this summer. He can't fly here, but I can go there. Right. But I'm just like, okay, so I can go there and then just fly back. Like there's just so many, uh, I, I like on your, on Twitter, you're always pointing out the kind of hypocrisies or idiocracy. Yeah. Like that, that kind of goes on and you're really vocal in terms of like California and the government. And I've, I mean, I've just been looking at what you've tweeted over the last week. I find it interesting and funny and helpful. Um, what are you most passionate about in terms of like on your podcast right now in terms of like who you like talking to. I've really been enjoying talking to Dr. Drew sort of on and off the air because he has a real good head on this stuff. And obviously being a medical doctor is helpful. I, I'm sort of appalled that everyone in California was basically said, lock it down. And they just said, okay, boss, how long? Like we have an imbecile for a governor, Newsom, I mean, he's a full, full, full blown idiot. And we have a mayor in Los Angeles, Garcetti, who's an idiot. These are dumb guys. And, and they're not dumb, like book dumb. They're just, they don't know how to govern. They're not smart. They're probably disingenuous. I mean, to be fair to them, they're probably just lying. But either way, those guys said, shut it down. 
And everyone just said, okay. And then they said, uh, but I can't go in that place and get a haircut. No, you get a haircut out on the sidewalk. And we went, okay. And then they went, uh, and what about eating? I can't go inside and eat. No, you eat out on the sidewalk. Okay. And what about going to a Rams game? No, no, but that's outsour. The, the stadium is open air. Yeah, no. And what about the beach? You can walk on the beach, but you can't lay down. And then you go, but wait a minute, LAX is open. I just took a Southwest flight to Phoenix. Yeah, don't worry about it. Well, wait a minute. Why is it dangerous to lay down on the beach and it's safe enough to go on a Southwest flight? I said, don't worry about it. I said, lock it down. And all the sheep went, okay, boss. And I'm like, fuck these guys. They're idiots. Why aren't we pushing back? Why don't restaurants and hair salons just open up? They should just open up. What are they going to do? Just open, just open all the places tomorrow. Yeah. You're big. Friends, you can figure like, it out. The, I go to this barber shop called Dr. Beard and uh, this, you know, this guy moved here from, was it Turkey 15 years ago, bust his ass, create a barber shop. And then now he was telling me he has about a fourth as many people that come in. And like, he's terrified if he were to do anything that this, because the city basically will lock you down. They'll say you can't operate, you can't be in business. Um, I mean, the Mount nightclubs, I'm in West Hollywood. There's been four clubs, like there's this club Rage. Uh, it was around for 40 years, it shut down. Gym Bar shut down. Uh, Blazing Saddles uh, shut down. All these places are shutting down. And, and I just, it, I'm, what what do you think needs to happen? I think obviously when you hear Dr. Ferrer, our nut job public health expert, explaining on a like Zoom call, like, eh, don't don't think about opening the schools until after the election. I think you have to realize that I don't think these people are following the science at this point if you're talking about the election or opening things after the arbitrary election that we're having at the beginning of November. And also, if these idiots, first off, they have nothing to say about mass protesters and marching and throngs of humanity out in the street. They won't they won't judge that, but they're going to make all kind of rules about walking on the beach or laying on the beach or walking on the horse trail. These people are either stupid or they're liars. I'm assuming they're just lying or whatever it is they're doing, do you want to be ruled? Did you do come in this country to be ruled? Is that why, is that why you're here? Can you not think for yourself? Do you not understand what CNN is doing to you? Do you not understand what these idiots are doing to you? If they had it, if they had it their way, you'd have to pull a permit to take a dump. I'm telling you people stop being such cowards and lemmings and just go open your business. Do it safely, but open your business. I just, I've, I've flown to Texas three times. I've flown to Nashville two times. I've been to Arizona once in the last two months. If I can fly commercially, you can open your goddamn barbershop. Are you, are you doing your podcast in person still? Or are you fuck doing them? Yes, I'm doing it in person. You are? Yes. The fuck else would I do? I you think I'd listen to these idiots. I would never listen to these idiots. I fucking eat a bullet before I listen to these idiots. <laughs> They're fucking pussy cowards. I don't know what, I don't know what happened to everybody. Dudes, get your shit together. What, what do you think happened? 
I start. I wrote a book 11 years ago called in 50 years, we'll all be chicks. And it just happened faster than I thought. Got it. And your last book, tell me the title of your last book. It's um, I'm your emotional support animal. Yep. And what is that about? Uh, just me kind of guiding you through life and, uh, taking on all the stuff that people are really talking about now, black lives matter and what's going on on school campuses and what's going on with government. And I'm just me doing a kind of no holds barred, say exactly what I feel. Uh, but funny take on all the stuff. And, uh, it's just me saying exactly what I think. So it's, it's basically you talking about, I think there's something that says, uh, navigating our all, all woke, no joke culture. Mm -hmm. And so have you seen there be become like a huge, um, uh, difficulty for people who are comedians and, uh, want to be more, you know, use comedy as in terms of everything going on with the state of affairs. I think there's a problem that some people are having who are trying to work and live within the system. If you want to, if you want to thrive within the system, if you want to work within the Hollywood system, if you want to do network TV and, or beyond, you know, the big three, Netflix, whatever, HBO, you better be woke as hell. If you want to deal with HBO, I'm not, I'm, I will never do, I will never have any project with HBO. Uh, Sundance, Sundance won't let you in. All the major film festivals, Tribeca, Sundance, South by Southwest. If you ain't woke, you what ain't in. What does woke mean? Uh, you just got to be on the right side of of all the all the subjects, all the arguments. So if, if it's gay marriage, then you got to be for gay marriage. And if it's a global warming, you got to be for you know, you got to believe wholeheartedly in climate change. And if you want to talk about, you know, transgender rights, you got to be all in on transgender rights. And if you want to talk about voter suppression, you got to be all in on voter suppression. If you want to talk me too, you got to be all in on me too. Whatever they shit out in the, in the next 20 minutes, you got to be all in on all that shit. And if you start going, um, ah, I believe in climate change, but I'm not down with gay marriage, then, then you're out. That's, that's kind of how it is. So you have to be all in on all the stuff and whatever it is they pick next, you got to go all in. So if you say, uh, if they decide that it's now uh, Latinx and you say Mexican, then you're out. That's yeah, basically so, how it so, works. So I, I was going to ask you, I talked to my uh, video guy, Tony. I was like, I'm going to ask Adam for advice on this. Um, so I have a relationship. I have these people who have hired me to speak uh, at their events in Colorado. And they're very uh, close friends work in the White House. And um, a buddy of mine, Ed Milet, who has a podcast, had uh, Donald Trump Jr. on recently. And I said, okay, I'm going to reach out to Kim. I'm going to have Donald Trump Jr. on. And I literally have one person on my team being like, I can't be affiliated with this project. I was like, what? They're like, no, no, I, I just can't be affiliated. And I was like, what are you, what are you taught? Like, it was baffling to my brain because I'm like, first of all, wouldn't we want people on every side of any issue to be the most, like, why would you, why as humans are we not open to conversations with people that we disagree with? Like, 
It doesn't even make sense to me. But how do I navigate? Look, I've had a podcast for six months. I mean, right when I met you, I was becoming more of a public figure. I'm on Dr. Phil. And I just have had, even with Donald Trump Jr. potentially coming on my podcast, people's reactions. What do you, what advice do you have? Well, if you're interested in talking to Donald Trump Jr., then then you're interested in talking to Donald Trump Jr. Like I'm the same way. I've talked to Donald Trump Jr. a few times. I've talked to some pretty progressive people a few times. I've talked to almost everyone a few times because uh, they're all interesting. Yeah. Anyone who gets to any kind of station in life is interesting, you know? So totally. you say, well, what, what are, what do Van Jones and Dinesh D'Souza have in common? And the answer is, well, we both heard of their names. We know, I know both those names and they both, if you look at both their histories, they both done something, overcome something, stood out in their field. And now I know who those two guys are. So then you go, okay, so you'll have Van Jones on, but don't have Dinesh D'Souza on. And I'm like, why not? Well, because I disagree with what Dinesh D'Souza says. Okay. Well, he disagrees with what Van Jones has to say. Why don't I talk to both of them and see what they have to say? And maybe I'll agree with one of them more than the other. It's quite possible. But either way, what's so dangerous about them saying what they want to say? You, you still get to decide whether you buy into it or believe it. Maybe you believe 30% of what they say. By the way, none of these guys are stupid. You know what I mean? Like people go like, oh, I can't believe you're talking to Ben Shapiro. It's like, you don't think Ben Shapiro's a genius? Ben Shapiro's 10 times smarter than anyone who thinks he's an idiot. I guarantee you that. So maybe you don't agree with everything Ben Shapiro says, but maybe you agree with 10% or 45%. And by the way, like in a list of agreeing or disagreeing with someone's values or what they stand for or believe in, there's thousands of characteristics all with commas. In between, it's like, Pro-gay marriage, pro-abortion. Like, there's a huge description, but this idea that we couldn't talk to people that have a difference of opinion, like, that's what I'm seeing right now in terms of, like, living in Los Angeles. It's very, it's baffling to me because I'm like, wouldn't you want to have conversations with people that you don't agree with? I think people are intellectually weak, and they probably realize at some point and I can just tell you from the guys I know on the right, you do not want to challenge Ben Shapiro and you don't want to challenge Dinesh D'Souza. You don't want to challenge those guys. They will tear you apart with statistics mm -hmm. and facts and your whatever feelings don't there. Your seed will find no purchase with them. So I think a lot of it is fear. I think a lot of it is people understand that if you do, in fact, want to debate these guys or challenge these guys, be prepared to be humbled. They will humble you. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why you don't see them do a lot of debating. They're open to it. There's not a lot of challengers out there. They're, you, you, you do not want to get in. You may go in with all your feelings and all your thoughts and all your good vibes, but watch out because there's going to be a, a statistical tidal wave that will sweep you out to see if you want to get into it with these guys. Cause these guys are 
really good debaters and they have tons of numbers at their fingertips and they can access them all the time. And you just going, I don't feel like people should be allowed to, it doesn't matter with them. They, they need examples, they need numbers and they need statistics. And it's, if you want to get into it with them or mix it up with them, there's a good chance they're going to get the best of you. Let me, how long you've been podcasting? Uh, coming up on 12 years, 12 years. So I've, I've been doing mine for, we've I've had some great guests and I'm honored you're on the podcast. Cause I, I mean it when I say, I actually do love your message and I do love that you can talk to anyone and, and also you're just funny to listen to, but like, what advice do you have for anyone, including myself, that's like starting you know, growing a business in the public eye, growing a podcast or what have you? Like, do you have any teachings that come to mind? You know, I always just say, I don't really say, I don't like when people say, be true to yourself. I don't, I don't like that. My feeling is, is it's going to be really hard to do everything by committee or run it like it's a popularity contest. You know, if you want to talk to Donald Trump Jr., then book Donald Trump Jr. and talk to him. And then think like, okay, I have someone on my crew and they're a conscientious objector. So they don't like Donald Trump Jr. So I'll tell you what, person on the crew, why don't you write down like three challenges? Mm. Write down three things you don't like about Donald Trump Jr. And then when I'm interviewing Donald Trump Jr., I go, you know, Donald... Uh, you must know this, but you're not Mr. Popular everywhere all the time. You know, Rick on my staff, not a fan. And uh, he wrote down, I told him, write down three things. I'll challenge you with them. Tell me, uh, here, what is your answer to? And then read him off. He'll do it. I did it with him last time he was here. It wasn't a staff member, but not yeah. everyone thinks like me here. And I said, well, go ahead and challenge him. He's fine. So you're saying to include people who, uh, that your piece of advice is when you're bringing in different people or I, I'm just saying to do it for 12 years, you've been doing this a long time. Like yeah. that's, and is it just naturally whoever you're curious about, who inspires you, who you want to talk to, or is it also like you spoke to me, you had no idea who the hell I was when I probably met with you before. Well, there's something interesting <laughs> in, in, in a lot of people I had Bill O'Reilly on my podcast the other day, we just talked about history and, and the American West and the Indians and American Indians and Custer and the Civil War. And it was all endlessly fascinating to me because there's a bunch of stuff I really didn't know about. Yeah, like you you talked about Indians torturing. Uh, the, the, there's a bunch of stuff where you said happened that we weren't aware about. No, I found it all to be interesting. And also it was Bill O'Reilly not talking about politics is talking about the American West for a long period of time. And I thought, Oh, that's interesting that people only think he's this guy, but he's a bit of a scholar about American Indians. And I, I found it interesting. So I don't know, find things in people that are a little more interesting. You know, I talked to Donald Trump Jr. A long time about him, and his love of nature and, and going four wheeling and camping and hiking and fishing and just kind of living in Colorado and getting off the grid for three, four days at a time, just in his Jeep alone, you know? And I thought, well, that's interesting picturing that guy just fishing and hiking and just sort of alone in the Colorado wilderness. And I, I found that interesting about him. 
I got you. Well, I find you interesting and thank you for coming on Always Evolving. Appreciate you joining us and- uh, Thanks, Coach Mike. We'll do it again. Hey everyone, if you like today's podcast, please click subscribe, rate it. Also, we have our free empowerment group. Go to coachmikebear.com to join, add your email. We'll be talking really soon and remember to keep it magical.